Hey, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. I wanted to also thank all of the Patreon supporters that support the Little Bit Podcast for your support through last year. Last year was a tough year and my computer also died. And with it went four episodes of the show. So I just took some time off, saved my money, used the money from Patreon uh, and bought a new computer. So the Little Bit Podcast is back and I'm really excited. Thank you so much. Also, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash the Little Bit Podcast and sign up to be a supporter. Well, hey, who else is sick of talking about the pandemic? Oh, show of hands. Me. Me too. Okay, great. Let's just not do that anymore, shall we? This podcast is not only going to remain politically free, but pandemic free. I mean, we can touch on little nuances as they relate to certain topics potentially in the future. But for now, let's just keep it free of pandemic crap. First, I would love to address this new kind of America's Next Top Model drama that's been going on in the press. So, as you know, our dear friend Lisa D'Amato from Cycle 5 and the winner of All Stars has come out and pretty much called out Tyra for, you know, taking the fact that she was abused as a child and exploiting that for TV purposes. There's a couple things I want to say about that. And Lisa doesn't agree with me, but, I mean, this is just what I think, and you can have your own opinion as well. I think whether we like it or not, when we sign up for a TV show that's absolutely batshit crazy, you can kind of expect for weird and terrible things to happen. We already know they're going to take us to the physical limitations of absolutely ridiculous photo shoots and runway shows. But if you tell them something, they have every right to use it. If you don't tell them that you were abused, they can't use it against you or towards you or tell stories about it. Plain and simple. And I'm going to tell you something. The tactic that I used to get on the show, I tried to say something to stand out from the rest. So I said my dad was a pastor. And I remember even being at the casting in Washington, D.C. before the semifinals. I was there with like numerous girls and it was like a regional you know, audition after the very, very, very first preliminary audition that I went to. And I remember standing in front of Michelle Mock, the casting director, and say, I'm crazy, I'm Joni, my dad's a pastor, but I'm a bad girl, and I did an amateur night at strip clubs, and if you picked me on the show, man, I'd be crazy. I would kick pigeons. I would throw grapes at homeless people. I literally said this. I did. I don't know why. It just started being diarrhea of the mouth, and I was just like, whatever I could say to get on the show. I don't know what what Lisa's audition was like. But somewhere along the lines, that must have come out in one way, shape, or form. I highly doubt that they dug that up. I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. But you can't, they can't show or talk about what you don't give them. Case in point, I remember kind of figuring this out pretty, pretty soon in the show, like, you know, maybe a week into the show. 
because they would do all these, um, what are they called? OTFs on the fly interviews where they would just take you aside really quickly after you did something fun or powerful or crazy and say, tell me about how you feel. So you just start talking and the, and the producers would lead you a little bit and say, well, did you hear that so-and-so did this and she said this and you're supposed to react. And I knew what they were getting. They, I knew what they wanted, what they were getting at. They wanted me to react. They wanted me to be crazy. They wanted me to be mad. They wanted me to be, you know, calling somebody out on whatever. And I didn't do it. I never cursed except for like the one time I said, all I smell is bitch. I think maybe I cursed like one other time. But I made sure not to curse, not to talk badly about people, not to fly off the handle, and not to get drunk. I knew if I did, they would use it. And just recently, before I did the Oliver Twix interview, I watched my season again. And in the beginning, there was this moment where we were all at home in the hot tub drinking topless. And I gave, I said, Jade, I'll give you $100 to walk around the pool and do the runway walk naked or whatever. And she didn't do it. But I'm standing there with my titties out, putting money on my boobs, holding my hands over my boobs. Like, I'm glad that that's the only thing that ever happened with that. But you see how even something stupid like that made it on TV? It made it on TV. And that was that. That was the last one of those. I'm glad nothing else happened. So, yeah, that being said, they can't show or talk about what you don't tell them or give them. So if they, you know, are going to exploit you, yeah, shame on them for being a bunch of jerks trying to make, you know, drag out your story and bring up your pain. But you you told them about that pain. So it's a two-way street, unfortunately. Now, is Tyra Banks going to apologize? No. No. No, 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 no. I highly doubt it. If Tyra actually comes out and apologizes, then she's therefore backtracking on everything that she's ever done on the show. That means she's going to have to apologize to everybody for everything and just look like a total, I don't know, victim. Now, I thought about that. Is Tyra going to want to play the victim and, you know, be like, oh, it was the producers who made me do it or ah, I don't know, but I highly doubt it. Does Tyra feel bad about it? Maybe. But like I said, she's not going to speak up or say anything. It's just not the way, it's not the way it goes. Like, you can't expect that from anybody. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think it's going to happen. Also, I wanted to answer a couple questions I received about taking antidepressants. And I'm glad I received these questions. I've kind of been holding on to this for a minute. But really quickly, I'll just give you an update. So um, I kind of addressed my depression and thought, yes, it's time for me to seek you know, outside help beyond just therapy. I started taking Wellbutrin. And for some of you that don't understand what Wellbutrin is, it's kind of, um, eh, it kind of just increases your serotonin. So the happy chemical in your brain. I also don't know what other things it does, but that's the main thing that it does. But for me, the effects that it had on me or have on me are as follows. So take it, feel a little bit dizzy, maybe two hours into taking it. And 
honestly, after about a week, I don't have the racing thoughts anymore. I don't have the negative thoughts and it's really good. It's a good feeling. Now, after about a, mm, a month and a half of taking it, I contacted my doctor and I thought, you know, I don't think it's working anymore. I think I need stronger dosage. So he put me on a 300 milligram dosage of the pill. So I started taking that, the Wellbutrin 300 milligrams, and I believe it was a sustained release pill. I did a look at my, at my um, container and tell you what it was exactly. But here's what happened. It was fine. Until one day in August last year, I was going to go see a friend and Chris is driving and I'm in the passenger side and we're almost to the freeway and I got super dizzy to the point where like I rolled the window down and I stuck my head out the window trying to breathe and, you know, try to breathe through that dizziness. I thought, man, that's weird. But then it never stopped. It got worse and worse and worse and worse. Not nausea. Not dizzy like I'm nauseous, going to throw up. Like dizzy like I can't control my, what's happening inside my brain. Like fear. I was fearful. And it kind of stopped. And I thought, okay, let's go. I'll, I'll be fine. It'll work its way out. It's fine. Let's go. We get on the freeway. Hits me again. I said, we got to get off the road. Pull over. So we get off the freeway. We pull over in a, in a grocery store parking lot. And I... Proceed to have a full-on, I don't, I don't even know what, what you want to call it, an attack of some sort. I thought I was going to have a stroke. I literally don't know what happened inside my body, inside my brain. And it wasn't necessarily like a vertigo because I had the ability to stand and look around and things like that. But I just stuck my head down between my legs. I breathed deeply. I panicked. I started crying. It was like an intense kind of pain inside my head and I don't know what happened. I don't know what caused it. I thought of a couple things. Maybe I accidentally took a, a second pill in the morning and I forgot. Uh, perhaps the coating on the outside of the pill had failed and I was immediately given the entire dose all at once and it kind of hit me in a crazy way. That could be. I don't know what it was, but it was not good and it scared me so much that I stopped cold turkey. Did not consult my doctor, and I stopped. Do not do that, by the way. Always consult your doctor. Tell them what happened, everything else. Now, I didn't do that. I just thought, no, I'm done. This is stupid. I'm not taking this. Something's not right. So I stopped, and I was fine. Um, like I said, it's not always the case. I don't want you to do that. If you don't just stop taking your antidepressants, talk to your doctor. You might have to wean off of them slowly. But... What happened is um, everything was okay. And then probably probably around November, December, I started kind of getting back into the, the sad feelings again and kind of the down and out feelings. And now I know being home alone during the holidays is going to bring anybody down. And I think that had a little bit to do with it. But I could tell that it was a little more than that. So I decided in January of this year to start taking my pills again, start taking the lower dose. And I'm promising myself not to go up to the higher dose and to just work on myself with help of Wellbutrin and try to just, you know, I don't know, maintain a happier 
gratitude. It's hard, guys. It's hard. Like, how do you know when you're better? Am I ever going to be better? Some people think they only need to be on it for a little while, and then they're fine. And then they're good, and they just get off of it. I don't know what my deal is. But I know after, you know, before I was on it, I was in a terrible, dark place where I wished the plane would crash. And I thought the world would be better without me. But being on it has definitely been a positive, And there's nothing bad about that. Don't ever feel bad about looking elsewhere for help. I'm just going to say that a thousand times. It's totally fine. And I'm really, really, really glad people are starting to reach out now on social media, especially the devil, which is social media that brings a lot of us down anyways. I'm glad people are finally starting to say, hey, I'm bummed out. I'm sad. I'm depressed. It's been tough for me. The last year sucked. It really brought me down. I need some guidance. I'm kind of lost. I'm glad people are talking about it. It's, it's about time we started doing that more openly. Coming up next week on the podcast, passive income streams. Really? I guess that's a thing. Also, we'll be talking to several different makers in the woodworking world and seeing just how Instagram is helping or hindering their businesses. A Little Bit Podcast is produced and recorded by me, Joni Sprague, in Orange County, California. <laughs>